Hello, friends, colleagues, buddies. I'm J.F. Hicks, and I want to welcome you to the first Sports Creatives Podcast. This show is where I talk to the world's top creatives and thought leaders from college and professional sports to unpack actionable tips and tricks to recognizing your dreams, upgrading your career, and working on projects that inspire you. My guest today is Surf Melendez. He's Managing Director of Content and Creative for the Miami Dolphins and Hard Rock Stadium. You know him, you know his work. Producing some of the most iconic and well-branded content in the college or professional sports game. In today's episode, we cover a ton of ground. We discuss how Surf manages an in-house group of creatives and specifically creating an environment where creatives are inspired and motivated. In this episode, Surf dishes out some hot career advice. All in this episode, Surf is insanely inspirational and he's so good at what he does. It's just fun to talk with anyone who's world-class at what they do like he is. So with that, I'll get out the way. My guest today is a cool man with a very cool job. Surf Melendez, welcome to the show. Jay, how are you? Thank you so much. Man, I'm doing great. Probably not as well as you are in Miami with the great weather, but we can't all live in Miami. <laughs> I can't complain. It's about uh, 85 degrees, sunny, and uh, it's still spring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's all the time in Miami, right? <laughs> yeah, I can't complain. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to talk to you, uh, you know, one of the things, that, looking at all the work that you guys do, the, the Miami Dolphins and the creative team, you guys really produce some really incredibly well-branded content on a weekly basis. How do you go about developing a, a, an environment where people want to be a part of a team that creates iconic content? Well, let me tell you, the, uh, the environment part um, has to do a, in part to, you know, the chairs and the desks and things like the hard goods, the walls, but really the, the biggest piece is the people and the culture and trying to create a, a feeling, um, an atmosphere where, where people just want to throw ideas in the wall and, and, and see what works. Um, you know, the first, the first thing we try to do is make sure we find folks that, uh, that are comfortable and confident with pitching ideas, um, so, so we're all on the same page and no one takes things personally when, you know, idea and idea it's killed or if an idea comes to light, like we just kind of all jump on the idea. It's kind of anonymous. It is what it is. It's a thing. We have this thing here called, uh, we have a thing that I picked up along the way at another agency. Um, we, idea is king, which, uh, is something I learned, which means it doesn't matter where an idea comes from. Um, if it's a good idea and it comes from, uh, you know, the guy in finance or the guy in IT or whatever, it doesn't matter. The idea stands on its own two feet and then it's our job to, uh, to bring that idea to life. So, um, when we have that as our guiding light, like the guys here and the girls here, they can really feel confident and comfortable, like bringing these really killer ideas to life and, and kind of cutting through the mess. Um, but we, so, so mentally creating that space where, you know, we want to just grow these killer ideas. And then, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, sure. We'll try to make the, the place feel cool. You know, like, you know, this definitely is the portion of the, you know, of the, uh, of the team where, you know, when you come down the hall, there's usually music playing. There's probably albums, you know, up on the wall and 
art by some of the people in house that have made, and we have those things on the wall. So it's a different vibe altogether. Um, so, so make people excited to be here, but for the most part, it's all, it's all about mindset, man. Like we, we could do this, you know, on folding tables, you know, in a hotel, uh, conference room, or we could do it at a stadium. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Got a question for you. So, uh, leading creative types, uh, is a different kind of animal, right? It's not your normal management. Uh, it's usually about uh, attaining a goal and, and how we're going to get there. How do you allow for uh, freedom of creativity while at the same time maintaining a focus on the overall brand? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, leading creatives is, is, is really interesting because, um, you know, it isn't the standard, um, it isn't the standard process. It's a very, it's really interesting, but it's a very emotive type of journey to work on ideas because people put their, a lot of heart and just blood, sweat and tears that go into just one idea. And then, like I said earlier, like things, you know, we move away from an idea, it doesn't make it through the light of day. You know, how do you, how do you work with someone so they don't feel so attached to something that then they start getting down, right? And then on the, on, on the flip side, you know, when something is, is that they've worked on starts really making progress, <clears throat> how do we make it so, you know, they don't get too possessive over it and it becomes one of these things where everyone can kind of jump in and get excited about. So it, a lot of it has to do with managing um, someone's like inner creative like language and everyone has like a little a little bit different one. Um, and, and, and it's really, how do I, how do I make these folks feel excited about their stuff, feel excited about the stuff that we kind of, you know, move away from, um, you know, also understanding that there are certain triggers for creatives that really work. Um, and it might not be intuitive to, to folks who, who, you know, aren't in the creative field. Like, yeah, we need to listen to music. You know, some of the best work may not come during nine to five, it may happen at night or in the middle of the night or on the weekend. Um, you know, guys may need to take a day to go to the beach or go, they, maybe they need to work out of a coffee shop. Like those are things when speaking to other folks or people who work in creative agencies, like, it's like, yeah, that sounds normal. Um, but when you're talking to folks who, who are more, you know, uh, part of a corporate culture, like it sounds insane because it sounds unproductive, right. but, um, the creative process really works with, you know, keeping the mind moving, but it doesn't always have to be moving on the task at hand. In the, so it's not front of mind. Sometimes you have to do other things when that, so that stuff is working in the back, you know? So, so, you know, leading a team of creatives, like quite honestly, like the, one of the bigger lessons too that I've learned is kind of taking a step back and letting them do their thing. Um, the biggest transition I had to make was being comfortable and confident enough to let people um, come up with their own ideas and bring those. And that's not going to look like it looks like in my head. And I have to trust that because it looks better or it sounds better or, you know, and, and, and so not being kind of a control for creative control freak. Um, so, so yeah, there's, it's a humbling experience um, and it's a counter, a little bit of a counterintuitive experience, but it's um, man, it's exciting. Sounds like a great environment where you give people the, the overall direction and allow, allow them to bring their creative skill set to, to what you guys are doing. That, that sounds really powerful. You know, it's, it's, it is, it, and 
the one of the challenges, honestly, is um, keeping people motivated because there's a there's always a, a large volume of work that needs to get done. So we get into that routine sometimes where you're building out these ideas. So you're building out different sizes of ads or different, you know, um, edits for, for social pieces and it could start feeling mundane or routine. And so trying to keep people focused and motivated on how to make every single one of these things better than the last, um, while still, you know, working within whatever the, uh, brief confines were, um, you know, that, that, that's been, that's a challenge. Um, but thankfully we got guys and girls here who, who are really focused on, on trying to make everything better. So it, it's been working out. You know, something you said earlier that I really loved, it, you know, you talked about uh, how to manage creatives and it not necessarily being an intuitive thing. Um, and, and partly, you know, I've talked a little bit about this before. Sometimes I feel like uh, our culture overall has a way of sort of stamping creativity out of people at a young age. Um, and you're talking about being motivated. How do you keep yourself and your team motivated in this environment that you're talking about where you really do have to hit deadlines and you're trying to make each piece, like you said, to be better than the last one? Uh, honestly, a lot of the motivation, um, in my opinion, is allowing people to be themselves, to express themselves and really follow their passions. Um, so case in point, we have a designer here who loves race car driving. He loves um, South Florida art scene and trying to make sure that there's time for him to be able to either work on outside projects or get out to Wynwood and just walk the space and see a lot of this beautiful street art. Like it just kind of replenishes that battery. Um, so, so the motivation piece, honestly, for me is trying to find whatever those passion points are and, and living in that space. For me personally, you know, I love, I love technology. Um, so I'm always reading about the latest tech, if it's a gadget or a social platform or whatnot, like that kind of keeps me interested. I love reading about, um, the, uh, the creative industry. Um, what's the latest agency doing? Who's doing what? What, what partners are doing? Um, the latest thing. So for me, it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not as exciting as race car driving and, and Winwood. Um, but at the end of the day, it's usually the same thing. Find those passion points, live in that space, find time to make, um, to, to, to spend with either, uh, art or reading or video games or whatever it is. Um, so it, you can bring your better self to, to the table when you have to hit those deadlines. And to that end, I have a question. Uh, about diversity background, you you know you have a, a really diverse background. Um, a lot of people that work in the college and professional spaces, we've seen that where they intern to kind of come up through that process, and don't necessarily have the you know diversity of experience that uh, others have. Um, got a question about uh, the digital space. It seems like right now there's an insatiable uh, appetite for. Uh, content. How can people without a lot of diversity of experience go about having a great career at this point and where we are? Well, the the diversity of background, I mean, it's the lack thereof or too much of it. Like, I don't think it's a good or a bad thing because I can look at the people who who maybe have come in through, let's say we're, we're talking sports industry. So like if they were an intern, they come through the sports field like that 
that means they're highly specialized, right? So they know the industry um, better than most. Um, so that's that's not a bad thing, right? We need to rely on, on those people on, on expertise. Um, but on, on the flip side, um, then there's the, the the lack of experience in, you know, uh, for example, like how how, how would how would an internal agency work, you know, if you've never worked at an agency, right? So how does that look like? You know, what, what does a creative brief look like? What are creative teams with copywriters and art directors? Like if you've never been around that, you don't know what you don't know. So, um, so if you were in sports and you were like looking to do that type of, um, or, or, or just get a little more diversity in, 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 in your work background, like honestly take a few risks, um, if you feel like you're hitting a wall and not growing, and this is universal for anything, right? Try to find whatever that opportunity is in your area of passion. If it is creativity, you know, look outside of sports, you know, if you're hitting that wall. So if you're on a team and you're hitting that wall, but you know you want to do something creative, maybe the answer is not continue doing it for for a team. Maybe it is, or maybe it is, but a different team or a different league, you know, and seeing how they approach their problems. Like the way basketball approaches a problem like to sell, sell tickets is very different than football, very different than hockey, very different than baseball. And then <clears throat> turn that on its head. If you're working at an agency, instead of selling tickets, you might be selling motorcycles or selling computers, right? And those problems are solved differently as well. So trying to really expose yourself to, to, to people in those industries, opportunities in those industries, um, you know, where you are right now doesn't have to be the end of the journey. It's just another one of those points, you know, in, in, in your journey that you get to build on the experience set. So, you know, just because you, you may shift careers and go into creative fields, I mean, you can't come back into sports. Um, you know, a little personally, like for me, I was in advertising for a while and then went client side, um, and worked at Adidas for a little bit. And just that shift in itself, if you're in advertising, like going creative client side is, is like a whole nother, like, it's just, it's weird. It's alien thinking. Um, and, uh, the, the shift there was really, really interesting. But as a creative, I got to really appreciate what a client's objectives were, what are their priorities, how, how their relationships with agencies work. It wasn't just from one side now that I was approaching this relationship. I got to see it from the other side of the fence. And so that all that did is just expand the experience set, right? And then from there to the dolphins, going client side, but now sports, a whole nother animal. Um, you know, it it just all of these little steps along the way just kind of keep building on themselves and make you the better the better professional. Um, you know, so if 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 you're you're that guy who was an intern on a sports team got the opportunity, it's growing with the team and you're still growing, awesome, keep growing. You know, if the opportunity is um, to grow elsewhere because you stopped growing, find that opportunity, but just don't stop growing. Right. Um, on that same line of thinking about, you know, kind of career and professional development, and, and you and I talked a little bit about this before, but, you know, creative types have not traditionally done a great job of, of getting our value in the marketplace for the art form being provided, right? It, it goes back thousands of years, right? So today we're in this environment where, as we talked about college teams and pro teams are creating internal agencies. Um, how can creative types prepare themselves for leadership positions and taking advantage of the opportunities being created with these new departments and new uh, budgets for creative and digital content? So 
I think from a from a the value proposition perspective, you know, as a creative, you have a lot to offer. There's a very very unique problem solving um, tool that you have with creativity, um, and that's unique and it's very powerful. Um, so the trick is getting other people to understand the value of that. So case in point, like if you're, if, if you're a creative and you think, you know, just because on the merits of the creativity, it looks good, it sounds good, that it should be good. Um, that's only half of it. You know, it also needs to answer what are the objectives of your organization or your client? You know, is it selling tickets? Is it selling widgets? Is it moving the brand, growing the brand, whatever the objectives are. And, and as the creative, you need to basically speak their language. Okay. We have made this deliverable because it answers the objectives. So actually, if I flip it, it would be the right way to do it. Find out what the objectives are first. And then the problem solving um, methodology should be what solving for that piece, right? So if it's, um, if you're a sports team and, and the answer is to sell tickets, you know, what are the best ways, uh, creative ways to sell tickets? Um, what are things that may disrupt the market? What are things that may, you know, get people to notice the brand more? It may not be an A to B transaction where it's like, hey, buy tickets, and then all of a sudden tickets are sold. It's, hey, we're going to make killer content. People are going to notice us. And then after they notice us, we'll serve them up something where it's like, hey, come visit the stadium or come visit us. And then someone else will try to sell them a ticket. But since now they have a, a much more um, uh, emotive and emotional connection with the team, there's a more likelihood for a sale to close. I mean, there's just things like that where you can't just approach a problem with, hey, this looks good, this sounds good. You always have to start with, what are we trying to accomplish? What are the objectives? And then from there, use this creative, uh, the creative juices to just answer those things. Um, and that's where there's power um, from, from a creative's perspective. Uh, too many times have I seen, and I'm, I'm guilty of it as a younger, a younger creative, you know, make, just make something that looked beautiful or sounded great. And it's like, why don't they get it? It's like, well, cause it's not doing what they want it to do. Um, and that's a big thing. And that's in the real world. If you want to make your creativity turn into, you know, business results, um, you have to start with your client's objectives first. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, it, you know, a little bit earlier in the conversation, we were talking about uh, you were you were talking about someone who works you know in your agency and how you allow for them to have some time to do some of the things that that they love to do that keep them inspired and motivated. In this environment where it seems like the digital space now has this insatiable appetite for content, how do individuals, in your opinion, manage a work life balance and still put out high end content? You know, uh, I try to. I try not to put too much personal pressure on folks. Um, at the end of the day, like, you know, they need to understand, they have to prioritize their time themselves, their professionals, but they also need to understand that we're, this is such a cliche thing to say, but we're not saving lives, right? We're, we're, there's no one on the table. If we put out a bad ad, no one's going to die from bad layout. Um, but at the same time, we do put a lot of focus on not putting garbage out. Um, so we, you know, we really, really, really focus on getting, being efficient and getting the best workout. Um, but I try not to put 
the pressure on them where they can't leave the building until, you know, it's done or they, you know, like it, it, there's this balance that needs to be there. And, and, um, I try not to be too unreasonable. Um, I, I, I just know people are people and quite selfishly like that's, you know, I remember doing that in the agency world, not leaving, you know, the building for a few days, not seeing the sun for, you know, over 36 hours because we're cranking on this work and it's just, it's not sustainable. Um, so, if, you know, if I want people to stay and to grow, you know, I have to make sure that it's, it's not too one-sided. Wow. You know, at that point of view is, is definitely, you know, a fresh voice because uh, I think as we look along the scenes right now, we're seeing a lot of content and I think sustainability and how uh, agencies maintain that um, it is a great conversation. Um, moving on to our kind of last question, would love to hear some career advice uh, from you for someone who is at uh, entry point in this career, midpoint, and someone who's at the later stages of the career and, and, uh, and your advice for them at this point in the business. Sure. Um, I mean, if you're just getting started, just be a sponge, just work on anything you can, no projects too big or too small, like just go for it. Sometimes that, um, that just being that naive on, on, on jobs and projects is a very powerful thing. Um, cause you can just, you know, get through the suck, you know, and love it. So, um, my advice to, to someone just getting in, just, I mean, really go after jobs, you know, on your personal time, if you're really serious about it, like think about it, practice, emulate other ads, emulate other creative, think about how to take all those things and apply it to the thing that you're working on, find inspiration anywhere. Um, that part, that, that just, that exercise is just so much fun. Um, and it just creates a lot of momentum. Um, you know, and if you've been doing it for a while, um, like if you're mid midpoint in your career, like, it's about like not getting complacent and continuously, um, you know, finding that next, that next project, that next thing to, to really light the fire. Um, you know, holding yourself accountable is, is, is something that when you've been doing it for a while, you kind of, you kind of get a little lazy. It's easy. It's human nature. Um, but that's when, you know, that's when good to great happens, right? When you, when you're doing stuff at a good level and, and you get, make it even, just you just really focus even more um it's hard it's the hardest part but that's that's the part that really takes the work to the next level so um staying continuously curious um would be what i'd i'd recommend for for someone that mid-stage and, and if you've been doing it for a while quite honestly like you're probably <laughs> if anything like me you got a bunch of wrinkles and gray <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and it's all premature um but um but honestly, it's, it's not to become complacent and to trust the people around you. Um, there's, there's a lot of, um, a lot of lessons you learn along the way, um, that when, well, when I was younger, I didn't really see why things were happening uh, or why these decisions were being made. Um, and now that I'm older, I understand those. Um, so as an, as an older, um, or professional, um, it's understanding that the people that, that we're working with sometimes just need some time to understand it, to have patience with them, um, you know, and really, really lock in on those people who are hungry and curious and nurture the hell out of them, you know, and grow them. Um, because they might be making all the wrong moves right now, or but, but the energy may be there, um, and eventually it's going to click for them. So um, really focusing on those those young guns 
because uh, I mean, hey, this industry belongs to the young man. Like they're the engine. They keep it moving. They come up with the great ideas, the freshest ideas, and it's all about like just feeding that appetite. So as older creators, we just got to just really focus on feeding those guys. You said something that really sparked me. Before I let you go, I have to ask you this because you're, you're talking about, you know, growing, you know, the younger artists. What, um, what tools or processes have you found to best manage the creative process and managing all your ideas? And, and so a lot of this that you're talking about, what has been the best process for that? Um, so I, I started my career more on the visual side as an art director. So um, for me, it was uh, just a sketchbook. You know, a pen or a pencil and a sketchbook. If you have an idea, just jot it down and draw it out. Um, I, uh, a little more old school thought, but I'm not really a huge fan on, you know, firing up the program, Illustrator, Photoshop, any of that stuff when you get started. Uh, because that's just another tool. Um, and a lot of times tools have their limitations. So if you start in the tool, you're already starting in the box. Um, so I, I, I learned to, um, thumbnail sketch ideas like crazy um now it's become more whiteboard i'll just i feel kind of weird when i don't have a whiteboard in my office because i can't write or sketch or you know just just kind of move keep move movement going in an idea um like that that to me is is insanely important and a lot of times overlooked by um by folks who are just getting in because the programs are so powerful and they're so beautiful. Um, I mean, when I, when I was learning, I would, I would love to just get into Photoshop. I won't tell you which version cause it'll date me, but I'd get into Photoshop. <laughs> I'd get, it, it had layers already. So I was okay. I wasn't like Photoshop too or anything. Um, but it was, uh, it, it was just so much fun to just dig in and see all these beautiful things it could do. Uh, but then at the end of the day, all the stuff that I would fiddle with on, on the program would look the same. Um, and it wasn't really until I started using a sketchbook to really think through ideas that I wasn't actually having more creative uh, ideas come to the table as opposed to just visual things that were just showing up. Um, so yeah, same thing with writers, honestly, like writers need to write. So, you know, if you got a laptop, you know, or a book and a pen, like write, write ideas, write headlines, like just more, 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 more. Um, and then when it's time to really start narrowing in on, on it, then that's when you start, you know, pulling out whatever tools you need to, to make that thing come to life. Yeah. Surf, man, so many nuggets, so much knowledge, you know, I, I really enjoy the conversations that I have with you because it seems like every time I talk to you, I learn something new. Hey man, we got to talk some more. Yeah. 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 Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. Got to have you back because I feel like there's so much more to talk about. And, and uh, you and your agency do such a great job and you have so much knowledge. So would love to have you back on. That's fantastic, Jay. And I'm, I'm, thank you for having me. I'm extremely honored to be on this and be considered because, I mean, there's, there's so many smart and talented people out there. Just, you know, you give me a call to be honest has been fantastic. So thank you. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your time. All right. That wraps it up. A couple of things before we get out of here. Number one, I want to give a big thank you to Surf Melendez for sharing his wisdom. Number two, I want to share how you can find me. I'm at JFX on Twitter and all over the internet. It's a big ask 
to ask you to share this episode and to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. Lastly, if you want to put in some more grind, please leave a review in iTunes. That will help make our podcast more visible. Leave comments all over social media and I will respond as quickly as I can. Again, a big thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm looking forward to the next episode.